Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Philly Brutes Rugby Roundtable with me, Sean Phelan. Thank you all for making last week's chat with WWE's John Layfield the most listened to podcast that we've done so far. And I thank you all and I really appreciate everyone who has watched and listened to any of the episodes so far. As you know, we normally host panels each Thursday evening on Facebook Live on various topics and issues across the grassroots rugby scene. But this week is once again slightly different as I chat to one of the sport's great characters, who you might know as Happiness is Eggshaped. His name is Bruce Aitchison, and he has plenty of stories and he will share a few with us in this chat. But before we get started with my chat with Bruce, I just wanted to let you know about Rugby Store, who are partners of the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable, and they offer all listeners and viewers of our show 10% off anything at their website, including the brand new England and Scotland shirts. So to get the 10% off, visit www.rugbystore.co.uk and at the checkout, enter the promo code FYBPOD. That's F-Y-B-P-O-D at the checkout. Huge thanks to Rugby Store for supporting our show. So now let's get on with my chat with Bruce Aitchison. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to Philly Brutes is a Rugby Life, and my name's Sean Phelan, and today my guest at this time is the incomparable, the the legend that is Mr. Bruce Aitchison. How are you, sir? I'm very good. That, that is quite an introduction. I'm not quite sure I'm old enough to be a legend, but I'm, I'm going to take any compliment I can get. Just, just for anyone watching this, that is the fifth time we've tried to re- do that opening. <laughs> I think it's the best one. Keep that one. That's the I best. I think it's the best one. We're going to keep that. We're going to keep this one. How are you? How's the world? Yes, the the world is good. There's there's some heat uh, where I am in Edinburgh is is a nice place to be, and my kids are currently off on a, a bit of an adventure with Granny and Granddad. So uh, I've got time to do things like this and and speak to my big mate, big handsome Sean. So I'm looking forward to what you've got up your sleeve. You've, you've got a cheeky look on your face. So I'm intrigued <laughs> as to how this is going to unravel. So this is going to... We've Everyone's listened to a million rugby shows and a million rugby podcasts, and Bruce is on every single one of them. Um, <laughs> So, if you want to hear uh, the, the same story told five times, uh, check out any podcast service because it's bound to have a podcast featuring Bruce. Yeah, rent a gob. Rent a gob. Happy to speak for free. <laughs> but you do take bookings. Let's, let's, I, let's I, do, I do. I do also right. take because yeah. Got, I do also take because you've got you got to earn the cash somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we thought we'd try something slightly different. Um, over the sort of the next you know, few minutes, we're gonna we're gonna go sort of five folk stories. 
And if you haven't, if you don't know Bruce, Bruce runs uh, one of the biggest social media pages for rugby in the world. Happiness is egg-shaped. It is just full of rugby and joyous and um, just the sort of the lovely side of the um, from a from a half lovely man, I guess. He's right. He is all over the the Facebooks, the the. The Twitters, the Instagrams. He's not on TikTok yet. I don't, I don't know what's happened. I thought no, I've, I've, I've not got any rhythm. <laughs> you don't need rhythm. <laughs> Definitely don't need rhythm. <laughs> so we're going to... It's a bit... Uh, uh, this is your lifestyle. Um, we're going to show uh, Bruce five pictures, uh, which he hasn't seen yet because I've only just stolen them from his Facebook page. Uh, and he's going to tell us the stories behind behind the photographs. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll have some fun, and Bruce will tell some great stories along the way, which I'm sure he will. We, we've earmarked <laughs> about 45 minutes to an hour, but this could be this could be a long one. So, you know, settle in, folks. Settle in. Yeah, get get comfortable. This is this is for your marathon yeah, training. Yeah. This is none of none, this is none of this couch to five k nonsense. This is going to take a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. This is no three minute podcast. This is this is this is um, a, 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 a box set in one show <laughs> of Bruce Aitchison stories. Bruce Bruce Aitchison uh, feature legs. It is, yeah. It might as well be. It might as be. Uh, might as well be your biopic. Who would play you? Oh, no. Who would play? You? No, let's start early. Who would you, Who would you have playing you if you were to have a movie done? Well, obviously it'd be Jason Statham. I mean, come on. But it's Vince. more 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 likely to be Danny DeVito because he's small, fat, and bald as well. So it's more likely to be Danny DeVito. <laughs> When I, when I work at Edinburgh and we have Duan van der Merwe, the big, handsome, ridiculously quick South African winger who will be Scottish very, very soon, um, and we stand next to each other, it's just like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and twins. <laughs> That's a bit like me and you, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's big, hand big handsome Sean. Big handsome Sean. That is that is Bruce's nickname for me, which my my partner gets very jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we so, love we love Freya. We do, we do very much. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, you you you, you so more than me though. You you more than me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, I have to. I, I put a ring on it. <laughs> I have two, two, two beautiful children with her, and yeah, yeah, you've done well there, boy. You've done well. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, so let's, yeah, as I said, we're going to go through five photographs that I've stolen off Bruce's Facebook. We're going to talk about the stories behind them, um, and Bruce is going to delve into sort of his archive of storytelling, uh, and then we're going to play some games along the way as well, and. Yeah, hopefully have a bit of fun. So let's let's, uh, let's crack on with photograph number one. <laughs> when I when I had some like hair, you've got some sort of you've got some, yeah. One, you've got some hair. And two, 
You've got a trophy in your hand. Yeah, that, that must I've be a I've got a trophy, man. And there's there's an uncomfortable looking representative from the Bank of Scotland standing behind me who's just given me the trophy and is wondering what I'm doing with it. Uh, <laughs> that that was when I peaked. That was 1997, and and I pretty much should have just hung it all up there. That was um, at Megatland in Edinburgh, which is the home to Borough Muir Rugby Club, and that was the Scottish Schools Cup final. And I was the first 15 captain, and we beat Dundee High in the final in what was – it probably wasn't a classic because it was 8-7 to us, but it was probably the most uh, nerve-wracking game for those who were watching. But we had developed such a confidence and togetherness that I don't think we ever thought we weren't going to win, and it was it was quite an old journey. And my old man, uh, who at the time was a he was a lecturer at a, a college, and we had an unbelievable fixture list as a schoolboy team back in back in those days. And he would appear on a Wednesday afternoon in Glasgow on the touchline when there was nobody else other than the teacher and a couple of subs who were trying to stay warm. And my old man would appear on the touchline and he smoked like a chimney. And uh, he, I've got two older brothers and my dad would be at every game he could be, whether it was football or rugby or whatever it was. And to calm the nerves, he would just be puffing away the whole time. And he'd just given up. Yeah, and he'd, he'd gone cold turkey on January the 1st, and this game was in March. And he, my mum was away in Bosnia at, during the war. She'd, she'd driven a truck to Bosnia with charity relief, so she wasn't there. So my old man had brought his sister, my auntie Phyllis, who knows nothing about rugby. So I think he'd smoked even more because he was trying to explain what is a very complicated game to someone who didn't know anything about rugby while watching his son as the captain in the most important game in his life. So the final whistle went, and the moment is a strange one. That was when I realized the floodlights were on. And I don't know how long they'd been on for, but the final whistle went, and it felt like everything lit up, but I was aware of the floodlights. And people came onto the pitch. There was however many people there. There was quite a lot of people there. And people came onto the pitch, and my old man found me, and all the way down his cheek was blood. And I thought somebody's chinned him or he's had a go at somebody because they, they've said something about his son being hopeless or whatever it was. So I thought he chinned him. But because he'd given up smoking, he'd bitten through his lip, all the way through his lip, and it was just oh, no, blood no. down there. So he's coming up to me going, oh, well, it's great. Well done. And I'm, I'm only worried about him. I'm going, what's wrong with you? What's that? He didn't even know he'd done it. And he'd bitten right through his lip here. And there was blood all the way down here. Oh. And he just went, it's fine. It doesn't matter. You've won the cup. You won it. And he just was high as a kite. But he'd bitten through his lip. And those are the stupid oh. things that I remember from that day. But it was it was an unbelievable day. Um, and one that I'm very lucky to have been part of. And it's the reason that it's lucky is because when you're at school, it's, it's rugby. If you go to a school where there's a lot of rugby, and that was a state school, and the rugby program was unbelievable. We trained two, three times a week. We had fixtures on a Saturday. Sometimes we had fixtures on a Wednesday. We just loved it. 
none of us were really in the gym. There was a couple of boys who maybe threw a weight around sometimes, but we just were playing rugby. And playing rugby with people who are genuinely your mates that you've you've grown up with, you've properly grown up with, and you know, you've done things you shouldn't have done with them and you sit next to them in class and you and then you get to play rugby with them. So to win something with them. It's like some of the boys didn't really play another game after that. That was that was their last game of rugby. And it's one of those little moments that like my my older brother's sick of hearing about it. Just like <laughs> shut up, man. Let it go. But me and my mates, it's still the best day. Like we 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 have hashtag peaked in ninety seven. That that was it. That was it. Show shows shows over. Shows over. We're done. <laughs> Where can we go from there? If you've peaked now, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Let's. Uh... So did you did you play with any any sort of future Scottish Scottish internationals at that point? Well, that the. That was my last year at school. The year before me, Chris Patterson, um, I went to school with Chris Patterson, who we all we all know as Mossy. Um, and Mossy was the year above us at school, so he left. Um, but in that team, there was a couple of us played age group representative stuff. And in the opposition, there was a few lads who played age group representative stuff. But no one in that no one in that fixture, so the two supposedly best schoolboy teams in the country that year, no one became a pro or got a contract or played for Scotland, which probably said more about the game at that time because in 1997, the game had gone pro, but nobody really knew what that was. And as schoolboys, like I, I look at pictures of me the year after that, and I actually played senior rugby when I was at school. So I played for the gala club when I was still at school, which now you wouldn't be allowed to do because I was just 17, 17 in a few months. And I played my first games for gala. Um, you, you just, you wouldn't be allowed to do that. But when I see photographs of me, I'm just a small boy. Like how, you know, the players weren't conditioned the way they are now. So I would have got, I would have got absolutely killed. I still got killed, but I got killed with guys who hadn't been gym monkeys. I got killed by guys who were just, more mature and older and one of one of my first games for gala i'd played in an age group tournament and it was a pre-season tournament and the there was a 15 aside game for the under 18s that i played in and then there was a round robin 10 aside tournament between the three clubs in gala the the main club gala and then the two junior clubs the ym and the star and they'd invited Dunfermline down, who were a, a club in a couple of divisions below. But the whole day finished. The, the, we played under-18s. They played this round-robin tournament, and then they played a 15-a-side game. And I got a shoulder tap from the gala coach. Would I play in the 15-a-side game at fly half for gala? Which was just like the best thing that could have happened. So in the opposition uh, was my oldest brother, who is a back row forward and hard and loves to tackle and do all the things I don't like to do. And I've never sidestepped anybody in my life other than my brother. And it was the first time I got the ball in that game and he's coming up me from this side and I've stepped him to the point where he's not even laid a finger on me. 
and I think I'm in under the post, and I can hear him swear at me behind, and I'm 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 thinking, <laughs> ash splash, swan dive under the sticks, and from my blind side comes this guy who's his old man played for the British Lions. Arthur Brown played it at fullback called Hovis. So young Hovis was a back row. Hovis was a horrible, horrible man. Great guy having your own team. Horrible to play against. I think I'm in under the stick, scoring my first try in senior rugby. I've just sidestepped my older brother. And Hovis has hit me with this tackle so hard and wrapped my arms that I've gone down and I've hit the grass. And honest, it was like a cartoon. I've stood up and gone and just blown grass out my mouth because I didn't have any way to protect myself. I'm smiling, thinking I'm going to score, and just going, <clears throat> I was picking grass out my mouth. And we, we, I did get the ball back, but that was a bit of a lesson that this isn't the playground anymore, kiddo. Uh, he absolutely hammered me, but my brother was raging because he thought he was going to absolutely kill me. Is he going to kill you for telling the story again? Uh, he'll not listen to this. Are you kidding me on? As if he's going to dial in to listen to his little brother talk about rugby. There's not a <laughs> chance he's listening to this. <laughs> if, if you are, hi. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on to the second photo. Oh, what an attractive yeah. man you are. Yeah, that's... Looks uh, like you're wearing a, a Hong, Kong, uh, Hong Kong Scottish or London Scottish. Yeah, you've, you've nailed it, Hong Kong Scottish. So I'm getting, a, I'm getting a chair covered with my rugby jerseys. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, I went up on Saturday morning to see the guy. And he's going, right, is that it? And I'm like, eh, no, I've got this one too. And he's like, so that's it. No, no, I've got this one too. Uh, is that? No, no, I've got this one too. So I lived in Hong Kong for four years. This is not my club, but I lived in Hong Kong for four years and I played for the Kowloon Club, who were very good to me, awesome people, and just, a, just an amazing place. But Hong Kong is just a little village really and the Hong Kong rugby village is even smaller so it was a massive land of opportunity for me and some of the guys who are still there and some who have left the the Hong Kong bond is strong now the CEO do you know the CEO of Hong Kong Rugby Union you any idea who it is no not clear no, the CEO of the Hong Kong Rugby Union is an Edinburgh guy an absolute hero of mine but at the time he ran the police rugby club in Hong Kong and he's now the CEO of the Hong Kong Rugby Union. Phenomenal man. But his name is Robbie McRobbie. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So there's there's no denying which country he's you from. So Robbie Mc... Scottish. No, he might as well be called Braveheart McBraveheart. So Robbie, Robbie McRobbie um, is the CEO of... Hong Kong Rugby Union, and he helped with one the the development of what is now Hong Kong Scottish. So they were the Nomads Club, and they've now become Hong Kong Scottish. It's their ten year anniversary now. There's a really cool tartan strip with some my name's Doddy tartan on it. Um, so Hong Kong Scottish came over for a tour in the summer. Uh, two years ago, and they brought across their proper squad and then they brought across a whole load of old boys. And we played a game at Murrayfield on that sunshine day 
on a 4G Astro, which was very, very warm. And we played a charity game against the Crusaders, and I got to play at fly half. And one of my great friends from Hong Kong Rugby Union, John the Bruce, uh, his name's John Bruce, but everyone knows him as the Bruce. John the Bruce asked, he said, you'll be captain. So I got to be captain of Hong Kong Scottish playing in the shadow of Murrayfield. And we um, we played that game. I've no idea who won. It was it was brilliant. So hot, but so good. Playing old boys rugby, it's just an absolute joy. And then afterwards, John the Bruce was supposed to be hosting a function in one of the, the places at Murrayfield. So there's a lot of chat. There's a lot of good old boys there. Old boys rugby is the best because they're sharing a couple of beers and telling old stories, and it was just so good. But John the Bruce has left his notes at the hotel. So he has gone completely off topic, and I think he sort of panicked, and he was like, Ichi, Ichi, you, you come up. You come up and tell us about Hong Kong. Now, I didn't know I was getting up on stage, but as you're finding out, I don't mind that stuff. So I got up, and he's got two guys on stage who avail, available for booking. Yeah. Check me out at happinessegshape.org. Um, he, uh, he also had up a guy called Brian Eason, uh, who – not Brian Eason. Oh, no. Uh, Easton, who – was at Hong Kong Scottish, but he played for the Borders professional team in Scotland, um, which are now no longer. They were the third district team that the Scottish Rugby Union um, had, and they'd said, you know, he's coming up. And he was with another, he was with somebody else who'd played for Hong Kong Scottish. I can't remember, eh, for the Borders, sorry, I can't remember who it was. And John the Bruce had been told, you're at Murrayfield, you're a guest of the Scottish Rugby Union, whatever you do, do not mention the borders and how the borders got cut as a professional team. First question to these two boys was, so what was it like playing for the borders and when that got cut and the whole place has just gone, oh, no. <laughs> so he then, he then asked me a question and I, I went off on a, on a bit of a tangent. We spoke about Hong Kong and our love of the place and then we disappeared out into the night. And the next day, the Hong Kong Scottish proper team were supposed to be playing against Watsonians and London Scottish who'd come up to play in a uh, round-robin pre-season game. And John the Bruce has got a massive bang on his head. And his, his partner was there, Janice was there. And he was like, don't, don't tell Janice, don't tell Janice. Don't, uh, it happened in the game, it happened in the game. Bruce had been had a few too many and had fallen down the stairs in their Airbnb and smacked his head. But he told Janice that it had happened in the game of rugby. So, and everybody's been there. Everybody's got a story similar to that. But John the Bruce is in his 50s. Like, surely at some point he should have learned to tell the truth and not to drink too many. But rugby lads struggle to grow old uh, without being disgraceful, don't they? And, and John the Bruce is absolutely one of them. <laughs> But that was a fun everyone, game. Everyone should have one. I'm, I'm a bit sad, though, that you picked that picture because there is photographic evidence that I made a break in that game. There's also photographic evidence that I made a tackle in that game. So I understand why you chose that one, but I'm a little bit I sad because there are some others from that game. But I, I can you. prove it. I can prove it to you. I'm going to tweet that later. Don't believe you. Don't believe me. Don't believe you. 
we'll, we'll tweet that tweet that later. Well, uh, the first time we okay. met, the first time we met was because you gave me a chance to play at Twickenham, and it was only. We're going to get onto that. We're going to. We're going oh, right. to get onto that. We're going to get onto that. We're going to get onto that. Don't. Okay. Okay. Don't ruin okay. it. Don't ruin oh. it. Well, it's because you didn't tell me what pictures you've got. Okay. No. no, otherwise otherwise you'd have time to prepare. All right, okay. let's move on to the next picture. Here's a good one. So the next one is you're <laughs> looking like you're collecting some sort of medal with your daughter. Uh, this this makes it look like I'm a serial winner. This is this is quite. I, I'm not sure you're giving the true picture of Bruce Aitchison here. This is. Well, uh, yeah, you you got to play yourself up a little bit. Yeah, you know? twenty was it thirty thousand well, social media followers? They deserve to see you winning something. <laughs> well, this one was uh, this one was the perfect storm to the to the point where the guy who's about to present. Uh, well, it, you can see behind there's the captain Andy Rose who um, played played for Borough Muir. He's now in America doing great things in the development of the game in America in Chicago with Chicago Lions. But Rosie was actually a Zimbabwean international who came up to Hartbury College and then he ended up in Edinburgh and played for Borough Muir and was a real a real leader of men. So the guy who's about shaking my hand and is about to present Rosie with the trophy. There's a guy called Ian Rankin, who at the time was the president of the Scottish Rugby Union. And to say this day was the perfect storm, it's things like that that just just were so good. Ranks had been the head coach of a club called Dundee, a bit further north. And when I came back from Hong Kong, my wife and I were based in Perth, right in the middle of Scotland. And I'd sent my CV at the time, I was, I'd ripped the ACL ligament in my right knee, so I wasn't able to play, but I'd been coaching in Hong Kong, and I was keen to coach, and I'd sent my CV to a few clubs around the area that were, that were close, and only one club responded to my emails, and it was Dundee High School, um, former pupils club, and Ian Rankin was the head coach, and they needed a backs coach, and I was going to be in town, and I, I also was trying to sell myself to say, look, when I get my ACL fixed, hopefully I'll be able to play again because I didn't really have any kudos to go with. Um, and Ranks spoke to a guy called Rob Moffat, who uh, was my PE teacher at school and still a mentor that I speak to and someone I wrote a, 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 an article about just recently during lockdown that, that got quite a lot of coverage because he's had a massive impact on so many people in Scotland. And Ranks phoned him and said, I've got this guy, Bruce Aitchison, what do you think? And Moffat said, yeah, go for it. He'll work for you. So I met Ranks in a hotel. We had a cup of coffee and he said, right, we've got training. Let's go. And he just went, right, you lead it. Go for it. So I had this group of players uh, in Dundee, didn't know any of them. And he just said, go for it. You run the session. So I took the session and afterwards he, he sort of said, yeah, you'll do. So we would... We won the league that year. It was the Division Two. We won that league. And then the next year, we actually moved to Edinburgh. So my Tuesdays, Thursdays were get up, drive to work, which was in a place called Alloa, which is about an hour from Edinburgh. I would do the school rugby on a Tuesday and a Thursday after school. Then I'd drive to Dundee. 
and then I'd do training and then I'd drive from Dundee to Edinburgh, which would take uh, just over an hour home on a Thursday night. So I'd get home at 11, half 11, having left the house at seven o'clock on the, on the Tuesday and Thursday morning. And it was tough, but I absolutely loved it. And the Dundee club were very welcoming. And Ranks as head coach helped me so much as an assistant coach. And he's still someone I speak to. I love the guy a bit. So for him to be the president at that time when my club won the Scottish Cup was just another one of those brilliant moments. And he just said, I'm absolutely delighted for you. I'm really proud of you. And it's things like that. It's the people, when you get to share little bits like that, and that's that's not a great photo, but it's a photo that means a huge amount because behind me is Andy Rose, who I had a great relationship with as coach and captain. And he came back from Chicago while I was in this job and he came, he made a point of coming to visit me and we went for a walk and we had a coffee and, and a chat. And it was just amazing that he thought, I'm coming back to Edinburgh from Chicago. I'm going to look that guy up and spend some time with him. And, and Ian Rankin is still someone I speak to and, you know, when we – not that we'll be able to do it just now, but when we see each other, we have a hug and I call him Feather because uh, he's been like a dad in, in many ways and, and he, you know, he gets a kick out of it and I know his lovely wife and I coach his son and we we just have a really strong relationship. So that was, that was the end of a day where we won the Scottish Cup on the main pitch at Murrayfield. The game kicked off at 5.45 and we were close to perfect. We won 55-17. The... The boys were immense. Uh, the Everything that could go right went right. And Steve Bates, who coached Newcastle and, and was you know a great mentor to Johnny Wilkinson, he was one of my assistant coaches. Ben Fisher, who's now working with the New Zealand Rugby Union and was a Borough Muir legend, he was my other assistant coach. I learned so much from working with those guys. Some of my happiest rugby memories are... Tuesday and a Thursday after training, just chewing the fat with the two of them. They are great rugby men and, and did so much for me. And we played that game. Uh, you know, I got to take Maisie up to get the trophy. Katie was in the crowd, but just wasn't really up for it. Um, my wife was there. My old man was there and he'd stopped biting through his lip because he'd found <laughs> fruit pastels. So he was using them uh, for medicinal purposes. And my mum was there. My best mate was there. His kids were there. Uh, you know, the club really came together. We, the team we beat was a team called Hoik, which are, uh, you know, they're a, a phenomenally famous rugby place. It's where Bill McLaren's from, Jim Rennick, Stuart Hogg, Darcy Graham. That game was Darcy Graham's first senior game of rugby. He played on the wing for Hoik that day. Um, that was his first senior game um, at about 17 and a bit. He was almost 18, I think. And Hoyk, I then, we won that game in April. So we won the Scottish Cup in April. And in August, I started as head of PE at Hoyk High School. So all, all the passwords that I was in charge of and anything that had anything to do with the PE department, and there was some pretty big Hoyk rugby supporters in that department, all the passwords were capital B, Borough Muir, 5517. Any combination lock, the combination lock was 55-17, which they absolutely hated. <laughs> but I had to get my defence in first because I took pelters for that. And the kids knew about it and their parents knew about it. And it was, But it was, it's a great place. I love Hoyt to bits and I had a lot of good times there. But to beat them in the final was a nice thing, but also 
I would have loved them to win it as well because they're such a great club. But the, Scotland, like Hong Kong, small. I've already said that Scotland's a very small place as well, as you're finding out because I'm able to tell you everybody in every picture. It's <laughs> <laughs> great stories, my friend. Great stories. Uh, okay, there's a. I've got a good one here. Got a good one. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous about these. No, no, no. It's a good one. So tell us about your old friend, Mr. Doddy. My old friend. Weir. Oh, Doddy Weir. <laughs> well, again, the world is is very small. <laughs> the the world is very small. Doddy's dad went to school with my dad. Um, he's from a farm just up the road from the little village I'm from in the borders called Stow. And Doddy's from a farm called Cortle Ferry. And every now and then we'll hear that he's from Melrose. He's not from Melrose. He's from Cortle Ferry. Um, and his his sister works in the same P department as my wife. Um, I've played with his, his brothers and at rugby. And, you know, they're, they're, the family are, are well known in and around the, the area I'm from. So Doddy's, Doddy's known me for a long time because um, he's a little bit older than me, having just had his 50th birthday. And although I look like I've had a hard paper round, I'm only actually 41. <laughs> um, so that that suit I'm wearing, I got made in 2003 when I lived in Hong Kong. So the just over the border in Hong Kong, there's a place called Shenzhen, which is now an unbelievable metropolis of a place. But that was where we used to go across, and there was a big warehouse and you went in the warehouse and you went to the top floor and you chose your material. And then you went down one level and all the tailors were there and they would have catalogs and you would flick through and you'd say, right, I want that suit. So I spent four years in Hong Kong and my wife hates that suit and is ready to burn it. But she um, she said, we lived there for four years. You didn't get a job suit, a work suit, a funeral suit, an interview suit, a wedding suit. You got that tartan suit, which um, <laughs> unfortunately... Wearing that suit, I've got myself into some silly situations. Um, but Doddy is the man who really wears tartan suits, and he's got half a dozen of them. Um, and this this was taken. I was asked if I would host a Doddy um, dinner at a place called the Borders College, which is a further education college in Gala Shields. I went to Gala Shields Academy, and Gala has a big rivalry with Melrose where Doddy played club rugby. And his brothers are both Gala rugby legends. They've racked up thousands of games for Gala, the two of them. Um, so I was asked to host, and I went along, and it was a Hoik guy who was organizing it. And a kid who had taught at Hoik was in the um, – he was in the kitchen. He was a trainee chef. And the, the, the night was to raise money and, and awareness for Doddy's charity and for MND and to try and, you know, make a little bit of money. But really, it was it was an awareness raising event. And it was also a chance to give the trainee chefs a chance to prepare food. So there I am decked out. And then Doddy decided he was going to arrive. So we're, we're getting pictures taken and the photographer had the steps to, to get up high to take pictures so that they didn't see my double chins and so they could get above Doddy. And I said, well, if we're going to take pictures, me side by side, we'll take that. So it's another one of those tiny little moments that 
would have happened and I still would have loved because it was a moment between me and somebody I hugely admire and I'm very lucky to, to call my friend. He's the only person in the world that calls me Brusco. I've no idea why because usually it's Bruce or H.E. or a whole load of other names that I don't really like, but he calls me Brusco and no one else has ever called me before. Yeah, well, there is that. But he, he calls me Brusco, and it's it's funny. And he, I don't know why, but he does. And we did that, and we took some pictures, and obviously everybody wanted a picture taken with Doddy. And whenever I'm with Doddy, I become a photographer because I'm the one taking the, the pictures for them. Um, but he's just the, – the thing that blows me away about him – well, there's actually two things. One is a lot of people have forgotten how good a rugby player he is because – We've now got a generation of people who are too old to remember the 1997 Lions where Doddy was likely going to partner Martin Johnson in the second row in the tests until the guy booted him um, playing for Mpumalanga. N- nobody had ever heard of Mpumalanga, but now if you're a British Lions fan, you know Mpumalanga because that's where Doddy got injured and his tour was over. So the first thing that blows me away about him is he was a phenomenal rugby player and he plays himself down but he's got 60-odd Scotland caps, and he scored two tries against the All Blacks, which if you spend 90 seconds with Doddy, he'll have mentioned that three times to you. <laughs> but he's, he's so – he puts everyone at ease. Even when he's exhausted with MND, he still smiles for every selfie. He still – he doesn't just take a selfie and walk away like I've seen some well-known people do – he has a little bit of chat. He asks where people are from. He takes interest in everyone, and he's exhausted, but he makes the effort. And the second thing that blows me away about him, unfortunately, Doddy's time is short, and, and we know that. We don't know how long it is. We didn't think he was going to make his 50th birthday, and he has, and he's still going. But I don't know if you saw on, on social media in the last few weeks, he, when, when lockdown was, was loosened a little bit, he went to visit Rob Burroughs. He just yeah, arrived. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, now, he didn't have to do that. He, he must have 100 things lined up to do, and he did that. And then there's a guy who played um, professional football up here, Martin Johnson, lovely guy, cracking guy who has MND. And he's been a little bit more active on, on social media, on Twitter, and he posted something, uh, this was about two or three weeks ago, he had uh, an unknown number call his mobile. And like most of us, we probably ignore that and let it go to voicemail before we phone it back. Whatever it was that compelled him to do it, he answered his phone, and it was Doddy to ask, how are you? How's it going? How, how are things, you know? Doddy didn't have to do that, and he didn't, he didn't do that. Doddy didn't do that and post that on social media. Doddy didn't have somebody from the press there videoing that call. Doddy thought, I'm going to give him a call because that's a good thing to do. And it's it's things like that where he is giving of himself, his time, his energy, time he could be spending with other people because he sees it as important. And I don't know, I hope I never find out what it will be like to be in a situation like that. But the big man just makes people laugh and the the other the bit that makes me laugh is Gary Armstrong was one of the best rugby players on the planet possibly the best scrum half to play for Scotland it would be a bit of a fight between maybe him and Roy Laidlaw and Jedburgh where they're both from 
But Gary's the one who drives Doddy. He's always there. He floats around. And, and the banter between the two of them is just relentless. And they know each other so well because they both lived in the borders but travelled up and down to play for Newcastle Falcons. So they've spent forever together. You know, they've they've been in the most intimate places together. They've done so many ridiculous things together. And it's just... He's just an absolute legend and he's deserved everything that he's been given and he's going to keep going and, you know, there's things he still wants to do and I hope, God willing, he'll be able to do them. This period has been tough, obviously, because he's had to shield and uh, I think from what I can gather, his 50th birthday was a riot because everybody that was going to see him had like a one hour or a two hour slot. So they tried to do like six hours of drinking in two hours, whereas Doddy did six hours of drinking in two hours about 12 times through the day. <laughs> so the big man, I think I think he's now been prescribed Guinness on tap uh, to, to keep him going. But he's just, he's an absolute legend. And like I say, I, I feel very privileged to have spent time with him. And the, the hospitality that I get to host at, at Scotland Games um, in the Thistle Suite, so there can be... There can, be 500, yeah, there's, uh, there, there can be 500 people in there, and it was Doddy. Doddy hosted that. It was Doddy's room. It was Doddy. And when they were looking for someone to take over from Doddy, um, I, was, I was recommended by Doddy Weir. So that's, uh, you know, I feel like getting that tattooed on my forehead because that's, uh, that if I had hairs on the back of my neck, they would be standing up because... For, for the big man to think enough that, yeah, this little guy that looks like Danny DeVito with a very shiny head can can take over was just amazing. So we worked together on the transition period and the things he did and the things he got away with, just, he's a riot. He's an absolute riot. But he was Doddy Weir and Doddy Weir has a bit of kudos, so he's able to get away with all sorts of nonsense. If you are younger than you know, 20, I guess, uh, how, how old you know, How old would you think someone that hasn't seen Living with the Lions yet? But well, go out on Amazon. Go on Amazon. It's a couple yeah. of quid. Rent it on Amazon Prime for a couple of quid. It is just the greatest sports documentary. It's, it was the first it's, of its time, and it just shows the, the man that is Doddy Weir. Because you know, you, you go through the, you know, he shows you the highest of highs to the yeah. to the ultimate low, really. Um, yeah. The 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 comment he makes in the media briefing is just absolutely gold. Yeah. I love that more. I could watch that over and over. Here's here's two Living with the Lions stories for you. The guy the I was head coach of Watsonians Club in Edinburgh and you would get sent CVs from all over the world. People who wanted to come and play and they thought you were able to give them a car and a house. And, a, and I, I got this CV from a, a South African lock who was playing in Ireland at the time and he was desperate to come over. And we were looking for a lock. And then I looked at his CV. This was the guy who had booted Doddy's knee. <laughs> Can you imagine if I hadn't done due diligence on that guy and brought him here? Like, he he would have been hung, drawn, and quartered, and I probably would have been run out of town. 
But I'm so glad I, I paid attention to CV because I just said, absolutely no way am I having this guy anywhere close to rugby as I know it and love it. And then the other Living with Lions story, John, John Bentley. I met John Bentley in Hong Kong, which is a story that we'll save for when we're off air. So I met Bentos in Hong Kong and we spoke at a dinner together. Um, and then he, very generous guy and, and the star of Living with the Lions, very generous yeah. guy. He said to me, if you're ever in Leeds, give me a shout and, and we can meet up. So still head coach of Watsonians Rugby. We played Darlington Mountain Park on the Friday night, long before Darlington Mountain Park became what they are now. We played them with our second 15 on the Friday night. We drove down to Leeds and we stayed in the Leeds Met Halls of Residence. We got up on the Saturday morning and Bentos was going to give us a tour around what was then Yorkshire Carnegie and Leeds Rhinos training facility. So Bentos meets the boys off the bus. He gives us a tour around and then we're in their video analysis room. So it's set up like a, like a meeting room with just a, a, a way to walk to the front of the room and then the seats out either side in rows. So there's, there's guys who are my age, and, and I was quite a young head coach. There's guys who are a little bit older, a little bit younger, who loved living with the Lions. And they're just like this. this it's Bentos. That's John Bentley, just hanging on his every word. And I'm stood at the back of the room with the president, the manager, and the assistant coaches. We're stood at the back of the room just watching. You could hear a pin drop other than Bentos talking. And then the players are filing out. And this is before everybody was carrying a phone in their pocket with a camera. The boys are filing out, and Bentos was the, you know, all the best lads, you know, I might see out in Leeds later on. And as the boys are leaving, there's a couple of guys are going, Bruce, thank you so much. That's Bentos. It's Bentos. Living the line. I can't believe it's Bentos. 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 And then Stuart McAnally, now Scotland captain and, and Edinburgh, he had just left school. So Rambo is 18. And he's walking out. And I said, so Rambo would have been, what, five in 1997? I said to Rambo, have you any idea who that guy is? He went, not a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> so he just he just had a tour around and he just listened to this guy for about half an hour with, with people like this Rambo <laughs> didn't have a clue who he was not a clue hadn't seen Living with the Lions brilliant absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah if you haven't seen Living with the Lions oh yeah. it's a must it's a must it's the it's the last dance of the 1990s yeah yeah, it's it's proper documentary. No media training, just boys on that beautiful time between the amateur and the pro game. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it was that that sort of la that sort of first la uh, pro tour. Yeah, th there was still some definite some amateur side to it. Side note: How good is Jason Leonard going to be as the tour manager? Oh. How, how much are those boys going to drink in South Africa? He, he, he's to the point where the coaches and the S and C and the nutritionists are probably going to have to rein him in. No fun bus. <laughs> no, there's no fun bus tonight. There is no fun bus. Save it. Uh, it'll be so good. <laughs> so our final picture uh, is me and you. Yes, me and you, sir. That was. Tell, it, tell us what's going on here. Well, you you made a small boy's dreams come true. Is is what's going on here? 
we we'd connected when we were both at the beginning of Twitter. I think I I wasn't that deep in, and you were just yeah, kicking I, off. Fill your boots. I think, I, I think it was even before then. I think I was running the Small Risk Rugby Club World Cup, which I did with uh, Deco in 2015. And yeah, um, I think I think that you know I was trying to you know trying to do their social media then. I think you were one of the people that were sort of earmarked to try and get hold of to, to tweet out some stuff. So I think I think it was yeah, probably we just, 2014, you, 2013, 2015. Well, it was, it was Lions Tour. So what, what was the Lions yeah, Tour? Was, yeah, this photo was, yeah. Yeah, so the you you had – we'd been private messaging on Twitter. You were probably the first person I knew or that I sent a message to on Twitter. And – you were doing this thing of uh, I'm maybe going to be at Twickenham, we're maybe going to play touch at Twickenham, we're maybe going to play touch at Twickenham. And you said to me, I, I said something, I probably just invited myself as I tend to do, and you said, yeah, no worries, where are you based? And I said, Edinburgh. And you sort of went, you sort of took it, oh, that's too far, he's never going to do that. And you're like, oh, right, okay, no, but I was like, no, no, if I'm invited, I'll, I'll be there. So I went on an epic journey, which every bit of it was just gold. Um, and the week before, the weekend before, they'd, they'd been doing the touch. What was the touch called in England? What was that? Um, O2 touch, was it? Was it O2 touch or O2 something like touch. that? Yeah. It had, and Sam Quick, yeah. who is a particular favorite of mine, Sam Quick had been there the week before and she'd played touch. And That's the following, right, yeah. I, I think that was probably deliberate on her part to avoid me by a week. And then I got, I got on the train on the Friday. Eh, sorry, I got on the tram on the Friday from near where I live, which took me past Murrayfield. I got on the train and I'm on the train down. Um, I was staying in a hotel near Twickenham across the road, pretty much from the Cabbage Patch pub. So I'd been tweeting the Cabbage Patch Pub, and they'd said, yeah, come over. So I went across. They gave me a couple of drinks on the Friday night. So there I am, Billy No Mates on a Friday night in the Cabbage Patch, having a couple of free drinks that they've laid on for me, just loving being in the Cabbage Patch Pub. Go to bed like a small child, so excited. Wake up in the morning, walk to Twickenham, and then there's just this mass of guys at the gates of Twickenham. And this big lad, this big handsome man just came over and went, are you Bruce? Are you Sean? And that was it. Friends for life. And we went in. There was kids there who were playing touch. They'd eaten all the bacon rolls. So yeah. I hadn't I hadn't taken breakfast at the hotel on the promise of a bacon roll. So that's us yeah. in one of the hospitality suites. Jason Robinson's there. We're watching the Lions game. Uh the kids are the there watching. It? It was the first there was a test? first test. They've they've destroyed all the breakfast. They've destroyed all the bacon rolls. So we're just sort of sitting around having a chat. I'm getting very excited. You, there's then a question and answer with Jason Robinson, and I asked him when he was going to be on Strictly. Um, and then we went down to the England changing room. We got changed. It was bacon hot, sunshine, blue sky. And we played touch with a referee who was a proper touch geek and didn't like it yeah. when we didn't put the ball through the legs at the mark or if we didn't retreat. And we were just there having fun, a bunch of social guys wanting to play a game of touch. And he was destroying us because we weren't playing 
the rules as strictly as he wanted them to be. But we played we played at Twickenham. Me and Big Handsome Sean played at Twickenham, and I met the Decker boys who were just so welcoming. And we got lots of we filled our boots with uh, little canisters of Dove yeah. uh, deodorant, which well played, Sean. Dove should be paying you. I now only buy Dove Men Care, believe it or not. <laughs> and I featured on the advert. Did you see me on the advert? I did, I did, I did. Not just a face for radio. Not they just a face they for did, radio. I didn't use my video, my photos. Bearing in mind, I just had a child and sent them the sent them videos. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, I thought I, I thought that I thought I was, was going to be. It. I was on it twice. I was on it twice. Stupid. There you go. There yeah. You go. So we we filled their boots with little sample Dove Men Care. Um, we drank as much juice and water as we could out the fridge because it was so hot. We went for showers in the England changing room, and I think I only stopped sweating about three months later because it was so hot. We walked to the cabbage patch, and you no, there was and no you... barbecue on the pitch as well. Oh, that's right. We we had, we had, we had some scoff. That's right. It was that yeah. was pretty good as well. Um, and then we walked to the cabbage patch pub, and we sat around, and I got involved in some of your club mates chat. And we had a couple of beers, and then I got on the train and headed home to Scotland, a very happy young man. And it was just dreams come true. Yeah, that was a special day. Like, that was just awesome. Like, there's no, like, I love doing Philly Boots and stuff, but you know, I've never done it for any perk or anything like that. But because uh, that was um, Trevor Large from Rugby United. Yeah. He said, I can't, put, I can't do this on short notice. Could you do it? Absolutely, I'll play it to it. Yeah, I'll sort this out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, just tell me when and where. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, just, like I'm not in this for perks or anything like that. It's you know, I do this because I enjoy it. But then someone calls you and says, Can you arrange to get some people to come and play touch the them on the first lines, the first day of the Lions session, just like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, I'll be there. You know, most of it was made up of, of my team, and and we had you, and then we had Jumbo and uh, and Nick, um, uh, and a few others, and it was just yeah, sure. that's a day that well, ne- I'll never forget. I've still got the no. kit in my wardrobe, the the black and white shirt that doesn't yeah, fit. It's about four sizes yeah. too small, but still, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it was it was just small, such... but it's, it's something. It's an amazing place, Twickenham. It gets it gets a bit of bad rap. For, I, I've only been once to a game, and it was England against Fiji as an autumn test because my my club in Hong Kong it was their anniversary and we were having a dinner in Knightsbridge and I'd gone out to that game first and then we went to the dinner. I absolutely loved it and I love Murrayfield. Murrayfield is my church. I I could sit there and watch the grass grow, and it it feels big. But Twickenham is enormous. It is just huge. And the, the people, it, it's difficult to get to, I'll give you. That was a bit of a pain in the tonsils. But while I was there, it was just so good. And that day, getting to be in the changing room, 
like I, I'm just a you know a bit like you, just a rugby fanatic. Just love the game and love the people. And yeah. but you and I have sat in the Twickenham changing room and we've walked out the tunnel and we've played at Twickenham, and that's just that that's not something that a lot of sports can can say that they give punters like me and you that chance to do those things. No, no. We'll we'll, we'll thank Dove for that one. That was a great day. If they're sponsoring the Lions Tour coming up and they want to do it again, I'm available. I'm available. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll happily be involved. I'll be there. Well, my friend, uh, that was a brilliant trip down memory lane. Um, You're one of the best storytellers. And we didn't even scratch the surface, did we? We didn't even no, scratch no. the surface. Well, one of, one of my colleagues we says that, that I'm a hard I'm a hard man to have a ten minute conversation with. So you have just found that out in spades. <laughs> absolutely, we've done we've done an hour, uh, but it's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, I have to say that you're one of my very dearest friends in in rugby. We talk, we yeah, we don't talk all the time, but we when we do, it, it's. It's absolutely brilliant, and uh, I'm proud to call you my friend and uh, a partner in all of this. And um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Bruce. We'll uh, we'll yeah. do this again. There's there's yeah. there's a there's a million more photos that we could pick, uh, and we'll do it again one day. We'll, we'll find some more. But we'll... and you, uh, st- you still you still need to come down. To, you st- you still need to come down to London and uh, play for Decker. Um, hundred percent. I, I, when the, all this nonsense is over, I've got a long list of places I want to be and teams I want to watch, and I'm going to play with the Decker. And thank you for uh, for making a wee boy's dream come true, and also tolerating me talking all this nonsense and pestering you on social media. So thank you, big handsome oh, Sean. Yeah. You're an absolute gent. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure, sir. We'll do this again. Lots of love to you. Thank you, everybody, for watching. See you again. Cheers. Thanks again to Bruce Aitchison for giving up his time to chat to me. And thanks again to our partners, Rugby Store, who are offering 10% off anything in their store, including the new England shirts and the new Scotland shirts. Get 10% off by visiting their website www.rugbystore.co.uk and entering the promo code FYBPOD. My name's Sean Phelan and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.